All right, what's going on, Ivy? I am going to steal one of these so that I can have something to prop up on. Um, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Good, good, good. All right. Um, it is, it is an, a, an absolute honor uh, to be here to speak with you all this, this evening. Uh, I'm thrilled to, to be able to kind of kick off your mission uh, work for this, this school year because uh, I know that God's going to do an amazing thing through each of you uh, and as you go out and reach to the community, go out and, and share the word of God and, and spread his goodness, his love, his mercy, and his joy. Um, but tonight, uh, before I really get into my message, I want to tell you a little bit about myself so you're not just staring at this guy up here and wondering who the heck he is and why he's talking. Um, First, I'd like to introduce my wife, this lovely lady right here. She is, her name is Deb. She is the love of my life. She is amazing. We've been married for two years now. Uh, we've been together for eight, and it's been a great journey the entire way. She is, like I said, amazing. She's super talented. She can, she can sing, and uh, she's a William Mary grad, you know. So, and she's also a current uh, third year law student. Uh, right here, she, uh, she didn't get enough of the travel life, so she came back and got, you know, <laughs> went to law school here as well. And uh, she's amazing. She's literally my rock, and uh, she really keeps me under control. Because uh, I gotta admit to y'all, I'm uh, I'm a little weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little crazy. I'm a little weird, and, and you know. Lucky for y'all, y'all won't experience all of it tonight because, uh, you know, she, she kind of spared y'all. She told me before, you know, be, be calm, you know, don't go crazy, okay? You know, don't embarrass me. So uh, I'll be good, I'll be good. It's going to be really great. Um, as Donald was saying, I work at Life Church. I am the executive team director there right here in Williamsburg. It's an awesome church. I absolutely love my church. Matter of fact, my pastors are here in the back right there. Pastor Holly and Danny Webb, they are amazing. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I do currently. I, uh, lastly, though, I, I am uh, a graduate, proud graduate of the apprentice school at New Bernicia Building. And uh, essentially, I mean, well, I'm a marine designer by trade, but essentially what that means is I spent six years of my life doing pretty hard manual labor and then also at the same time getting uh, my education in mechanical engineering. And uh, I did all that to, for two weeks after I finished my apprenticeship so I can go work at church. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I obviously had my life well planned out. You know? But uh, you know, it's, it, it was nothing but God. I absolutely love my job now. And uh, I know that God has me in this place at this time because he has a plan, he has a mission, he has a calling on my life. And uh, I'm excited that I, 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 I heard him and I accepted his mission. And uh, that's exactly what I want to talk to you all about tonight. Uh, you know, exactly what is your mission? And then also, how do we stay mission focused? So um, to do that, I'm going to talk to you all from the book of Acts, talking about uh, Paul's life. Paul, the apostle. Um, and if you have your Bibles with you, if you can turn to Acts chapter 9. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse 10. Um, yeah, so if you can turn there, and um, while you're turning there, I'm going to pray real quick. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to uh, come together and share your word, God. Uh, it says in your word, if there are two or three gathered in your name, so shall you be with us. So uh, we're just thankful for, for you being in this place with us, God. I, I pray that you, you give me a word that can reach and teach and uh, just really transform and uh, shape us and mold us a little bit into your image, a little more into your image. So 
Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you have um, Acts chapter 9 open, um, I'm actually going to give you a little backstory, a little a quick abridged version of Paul's life, you know, so you know a little bit about who Paul is. Uh, Paul was, he was a Pharisee. He was, he was a Jew. He was a Jewish Pharisee, so meaning he was very knowledgeable uh, of the, the Old Testament. That's, that was what he was adamant about. He loved and, 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 and he believed in the, the teachings of the Old Testament. He believed in uh, the law of Moses. And so, therefore, I mean, that meant that, you know, there were a lot of different regulations and rules and uh, all kinds of things. Like, you can't touch this, you can't eat this, you can't do this on a certain day. You have to make these sacrifices in order to atone for your sins and uh, all these different kinds of things. And so Paul, and um, let, me, let me preface this by saying, in your Bibles, you may see Paul. If you're not familiar with Paul, his name is also Saul. I was a little confused, it's weird. But, you know, Paul, he, he has two names that were customary at the time and, uh, so don't get confused like I was. Bear with me. So, um, so yeah, uh, this was Paul was living, you know, shortly after the the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Paul, being uh, a Pharisee, he he um, let's see how do I want to say this. He he persecuted Christians. He he went and had Christians killed because they believed in Jesus Christ. So Paul, what he would do, he would, he would travel from city to city persecuting Christians. And on one particular trip, on the road to Damascus, on his route to Damascus, uh, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to him and revealed himself as a bright light shining from heaven. And uh, it says that, that Jesus said to Paul in an audible voice, he said, Paul, why do you persecute me? Paul, you know, he had, he had, he had been just shocked and he, he had fallen to the ground and he was covering his eyes with the blind light and he, he replied, uh, um, he replied, uh, who are you, Lord? And it says, Jesus replied then and said, I am Jesus for whom you persecute. Now get up and go into the city and, and wait for further instructions. So Paul, he got up, took his, eye, he took his hand from his eyes and Immediately he was blinded. He couldn't see a thing. He had to be guided into the city of Damascus. And uh, when he got there, he, he was blind for three days. He sat there for three days, blind, not able to see a thing. And that's exactly what we're going to pick up in verse 10. And I'm just going to read it, um, starting at verse 10. It says this, In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a, in a vision, saying, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Tarsus, or a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer from, for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from 
from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. And immediately, can you say immediately? Immediately. Immediately, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. So, my first point tonight is simple, very simple. You've got to start somewhere. That's, it's very simple. You've just got to start somewhere. And I was, I was, oh man, I was just shocked by this, just one word in this, in this passage here. It said, immediately, just that word, immediately Paul began to preach about Jesus. You know, he didn't wait. He didn't take a break. He didn't go on sabbatical. He didn't like, you know, try to just like, you know, ponder the meaning of life. He immediately began preaching the word of, of Jesus. He immediately began preaching the truth that is Jesus Christ. You know, it, it's, I'm amazed by this because I feel like if, if I were Paul and I had this encounter, this, this revelation uh, where Jesus came to me and made himself known, then I would have had to take at least, I don't know, maybe three to five years and live like, like a monk or something just to, to even be able to, to grasp what just happened. You know, I would have just been blown away. But like I said, immediately, immediately, Paul changed his, his beliefs. He, ch he went from the Old Testament way to the New Testament way. From, from the rules and the regulation to the, to, the, to the life and freedom and the joy that is Jesus Christ. So, immediately, he was given all he needed to do so. And I feel like today, with us, all of us, too often we... We hear God's call on our life. We hear his purpose, his plan, his mission. And he, he, set, he set us on a path to do something for the kingdom. And we get a little afraid. You know? I, I feel like, you know, it's even, even exactly as the Great Commission. I'll, I'll read it to you. That's Matthew, uh, Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's called us. You know, and we hear that calling. And like I was saying, we get afraid. We, you know, we, 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 we end up, we hear it and it's like, whew, God, hold up. I need to catch my breath. I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm not the one. You, you got the wrong one. And, you know, I don't, I don't know my Bible. I, I haven't read it completely from front to back. And, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I, you know, I'm still a sinner. You know? I, I'm not qualified. You know, and it's, it's crazy. You know, because you just got to start somewhere. Right? So you got to start somewhere. And, and it says, I was reminded of this verse too. It says, God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the call. And if we're to... If we're to, to believe what the Bible teaches us in the Great Commission, that each of us are called to spread the word of God, and each of us are called to, to go out and reach people and bring people to Christ, then that means that each of you, every single one of us, is called. Therefore, we are already qualified. We already have everything in us to go out and share the word of God, teach and reach and preach and do all these things in order to, to share to share God. So we should we should really have that same mentality. That same mentality that Paul did because I mean, think about it. Do you think Paul felt qualified? 
you know, a man who literally, let's say, four, three days prior, was killing people who believed in Jesus. You know, and it says he immediately began preaching about Jesus Christ. I imagine he did not feel exactly qualified to do so. But we have to have this mentality of, you know, that we should go out and fulfill the mission that God has called us to. And, that, and we've got to trust that God has already equipped us with everything that we need in order to go out and reach people. You know? So, so let's, let's look into the future a little bit. So now, let's say you've answered the call and you've accepted your mission to, to spread the word of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, you're going to just go out and preach and teach to the farthest corners of the earth. And, you know, that's great. But what now? What do you do? How do you do this? What do you do when you get rejected? What do you do when, when you have op, you know, opposition comes in your way? What do you do when people are trying, literally trying to, to tear down your mission? What do you do? It's simple because Paul laid it out for us. What you do is you knock the dust off and you keep going. It says... It said that, uh, you know, let, well, let's, let's talk about Paul and what he continued to do as he began you know, uh, traveling with a different purpose. Now, he, he continued traveling city to city, preaching to, in the synagogues, preaching Jesus Christ. So he would go city to city, and I, I, reading through, I didn't do an exact count, but the majority of the cities that he, he went in, they, he, he, he faced opposition. I'm talking about literal mobs of people that would attack him, beat him, stone him, jail him. I mean, I'm talking about these people would next, you know, next to death, they would, they would bring him close to death and then throw him out of the city. You know? And I don't know, I was reading this and I was, anybody watch Fresh Prince? <laughs> no? Anybody? Yeah, I love Fresh Prince. All time favorite show. Let me just say it's my all time favorite show. But I was reading this and I was just seeing Paul. I was seeing, I was seeing Uncle Phil actually. You know, Uncle Phil would, would grab Jazz and he just throw him out of the out of the door. You know, that's what I was. I was seeing. I was seeing Paul. I was seeing this big old dude, bald head, picking up Paul and just throwing him out of the gate. And I'm talking to like Paul's bloody, beaten, next to death. And then what Paul does, instead of, instead of what, I guess you could say licking his wounds or, or just crying and going home, Paul, he gets up and he wipes off, he wipes the dust off his, his, his feet. And they say in the Bible that that was a sign of rejection. He would wipe the dust off of his feet and he would go on to the next city, continuing his mission to spread the word of Jesus Christ, continuing to spread the love that is Jesus Christ. Christ. He did not let this stop him. So, there will be some rejection. I guarantee you. There will be some, as, as you all, you know, endeavor to, to go on missions and, and to reach people on campus and, and in this community, in Williamsburg, in Peninsula, in, in Virginia, wherever, you will face some, some rejection. You will face some opposition. It will be difficult at times. Hopefully, let's pray. Nobody's picking up any stones or anything like that. Get ready to throw them. But you will face some opposition. But you can't just call it quits and just go back to your dorm room and say, 
eh, you know, it's just because they, you know, they rejected my invitation to university, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm going to cry in my dorm room now. No, <laughs> you can't do that. You got to keep reaching out to people. You got to keep, keep teaching. You got to keep telling people the goodness of Jesus Christ and what he's done for you and why, the, why they should seek him too. You know, and um, this is my last point. I'm gonna close. I'm close up right here. Um, I don't want to get tackled off the stage or anything. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, this is my last point, uh, and and that's that's simple. It's just you know if, when you get to you get to this and, and you're wondering, so how do I reach people? What do I say? How do I not make it awkward? Because I'm awkward. <laughs> how do I you know? And what do I do? And it's simple, and, and, and that, that, that my, my point number three is a simple point, and it's to be genuine. It's, it's, it's the best way I've found to go out and share the love of Jesus Christ, to, to, is just, just to share your testimony. It's, it's, it's open, it's honest, it's relatable. People can, can, can relate to something to, or to somebody that they can see and touch, and you know, they, they can... Uh, understand their story instead of just reading from the Bible. Don't get me wrong, the Bible's great. But when you can actually relate to somebody and understand that, that God has delivered them, God has healed them, God, God has taken care of them, you know, that's, 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 that makes everything, that's genuine. It makes it easy for somebody to understand why, why, why God is such an amazing, amazing God. You know, and, I, and I'll show you a little bit of my testimony. You know, it's just um, for the longest time in my life, I, I ran from God. You know, I turned my back on God. I didn't, I didn't, you know, follow his direction, his calling on my life. And time and time again, God came after me. God found me where I was. He, he, he held on to me. And, and, you know, I'm reminded of the song, Reckless Love. I don't know if you've, if you've heard of it, but uh, it's pretty popular. It says, you know, he chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. Leaves the 99 for the one. I was that one. He left all of us just to come after me. Just to, to wrap me in his love and to care for me and to say, son, I love you. And I don't care what you did in the past. I'm, I'm here now. And I want, I want to be with you. I care for you. I love you. That's why I will go to the ends of the earth to spread the word of Jesus Christ. Mm. I don't care, you know, I don't care about anything else. But because of God's love, I will go out and spread the word of Jesus Christ. And I encourage you to do the same. Because I, I guarantee you that God has done amazing things in each of your lives. And he does, he's done more than enough to warrant you to just follow him. And to go out and reach people for him. Amen? Amen. Alright, so that's all I've got. I uh, appreciate your time. And um, definitely I want to invite the uh, executive team up here to uh, to wrap up and, and give you a Um, the vision and the mission. Um, so, yeah, like I said, my name is Megan, if I haven't met 
mentioned already. Um, I'm the president and outreach coordinator. Everyone can go ahead and say their names and their positions. Um, my name is Nana. I am the large coordinator. I'm Sabrina. I'm the small group coordinator. And I'm Amanda. I'm the in-reach coordinator. Um, yeah, so we're, each of us are going to kind of break down the, the vision and talk about it just briefly. Um, but I just wanted to say, like, for me, I joined the university kind of my freshman year um, and got involved in the community. It was just really wonderful. Um, and it has been definitely like my family on campus. And so being able to like be involved um, with just this amazing group of people that, that loves each other really well and looks out for one another um, and it, like loves God um, has just been really amazing. Um, so one of the things that we wanted to talk about is um, being focused like on reaching out to other people so that we are this like really amazing community um, that looks after one another well, but it doesn't become like a closed community where other people don't feel welcome. Um, so we want to create a space where people, um, regardless of your, your ethnicity, your sexuality, your political beliefs, your, um, your religious background, um, that we can invite people to come together and be able to ask questions about life and faith, um, whether that's in a small group setting or a large group setting um, or in, in friendships and eating meals at the CAC. Um, and yeah, so it, and it's you know through building relationships with other people, um, through being able to have like open and honest discussions. Yeah, um, and so the other part of our vision um, is based. Okay, sorry, so, um, anyways, yeah. So multi ethnicity is um, one of our goals for the semester, but really for hopefully. Um, ever, um, and basically the whole idea behind this is a really, really big, really broad, and really difficult thing to accomplish, um, but basically what we want is we want spaces for people um, that are come from different backgrounds um, to be able to come here because we believe that um, through the diversity of experiences, um, and yeah, that through that, um, we can be able to learn about God and see God better. Um, so some of the things that we've been doing, um, we've been doing ethnic lounges, so we just had our Hispanic and Asian Pacific Islander one. Um, there will be more to come. Um, we'll also be um, doing a lot more singing in different languages um, and really trying to be able to create a community where um, you can really explore your ethnic identity. Hi, so the third goal that our exec team has kind of wanted to focus on this semester was leadership development, which always sounds kind of like, oh, scary. But it's really that our goal is so that, you know, we have four years on this campus to grow in community and to grow and love one another, but eventually we're all going to leave and go out into the world and go out and explore like what God has called us to do. And we hope that through this community and through our various lives in our time here that we can grow in our faith, that we can grow and just better understand God so that when we leave this place, we are better equipped to take on the world that we are going to encounter, the world that does have opposition, the world that is different and looks different, that we can just embrace all of that because we have grown in community here and grown and strengthened our faith in Christ. And so that looks different. We have multiple ways that we want to do that. And like the first as small group coordinator, I will always plug, is through small groups, is through these small communities where we can really just get to know each other well, where we can bond and share stories and just talk about our frustrations, our doubts, what's happening in our lives, and just really connect with the people around us who are going through similar things so that we can all grow together that way. But also through one-on-one -on -one, 
um, interactions and relationships. And so one of the things that university really cares a lot about is discipleship, which is this big scary word, but really what that means is someone saying, I want to know you well, I want you to know me well, and I want both of us to know Jesus better through that. And so this looks different. It can be just you meeting up with someone who's in your class consistently just talking about what's happening in your lives. It can look like an upperclassman or an underclassman that you meet with and that you guys also do that same thing. But it's something that we really encourage everyone to do and we really hope that that is part of your University of William & Mary experience. And most of all, we want this to be God-centered and to be focused on the gospel. <laughs> okay, we want this to be um, God-focused and fo um, focused on who Jesus Christ is and that because that's what's really going to center us in all of this because just as um, Jesus appeared to Paul, like his life was not changed until he, his whole world was shifted onto what was important, which was Jesus himself and instead of like um, sticking to the law of the books that like he believed in before. And that's what we want to do. We want to focus mainly on Jesus because none of this would work without him. We cannot reach any other spaces we want to reach, like the LGBT community, like different ethnicities that are also seeking God but do not find a space for themselves here on our campus. We want like small groups where people can share the dark places in their life and like have people walk alongside them and have and grow through that. We just want this whole place to look what, like what God has intended it to look like, which is multi-ethnic. And as you heard Jay read the, great, uh, read the Great Commission, it was about teaching and it was about um, following God and going out and making disciples. And through that, we'll be doing our leadership development, which we're making disciples and asking you to reach out to make disciples also within the world. And so there might be opposition, like Jay said, but like if we keep focused on Jesus and keep this gospel centered, I really believe we can do it. And that's all we really want to be about. So now I'm going to ask that we take two minutes to reflect on what we've heard on both our vision. Um, you can read our vision and like, just ask God in your heart, like, God, how do you want me to be a part of this? How do you want me to um, move within this, um, on this campus? How do you want me to be involved in the transformation of lives across campus? And how it's going to be gospel-centered. Um, if you do not pray, you could also just, like, take time to um, just reflect and be silent. But we're just asking for just two minutes of either prayer or silence and to reflect on this.